This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Why do so many girls drop out of organized sports in their teen years? A top female athlete has made it her mission to encourage young women to take up sports and stay with it. We'll have this story. We still are coming up short, and that is evidenced in attrition numbers starting in middle school onward, mental health statistics, physical injuries, you name it. Then, after having a panic attack, a productivity expert learned how to calm his mind and lower his stress level, even in the most anxious times. This was one of the more surprising discoveries in looking at the research on stress, that a lot of what stresses us out, we pay attention to by choice. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stay with us. The program begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Why are so many female teens dropping out of organized sports? One of America's most decorated distance runners and two-time national champion wants to encourage young women to join organized sports and stick with it. Here with the story, InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Joining us now is runner Lauren Fleshman, a two-time USA Outdoor 5,000-meter champion and a three-time NCAA 5,000-meter champion. Her book is Good for a Girl, A Woman Running in a Man's World. She argues that our sports systems are failing young women and girls. Lauren, with so many women and girls competing in sports at every level, in what ways do you feel the sports world is still built for men? Well, the sports system was built by men for men and boys a long time ago, and women and girls fought hard for access to it. And we've been there for 50 years now in those sports systems, but we had no role in shaping them. And most of our embodied experiences in sport are invisible or stigmatized and not talked about, like breast development, menstruation, etc. So we still are coming up short, and that is evidenced in attrition numbers starting in middle school onward, mental health statistics, physical injuries, you name it. Well, let's talk about puberty then. Does it make it more difficult for females than males to succeed in athletics? It doesn't make it more difficult to succeed, but it makes it more important that the environments that we're developing through recognize that those developments are happening and have the language to speak about them, that coaches are educated on them, so that girls aren't going through this experience alone. When your body is changing through puberty, movement feels different in your body, and that begins with breast development around the middle school years when we see the highest dropout rates. Girls are dropping out at twice the rate of their male peers, and we lose half of girls from organized sport by age 17. Given that we know how much good sport can do in the lives of people, we should feel alarmed by this and want to intervene and find out why this is happening. What do coaches need to know about training female and male athletes, particularly as it relates to recovery time from either a race or injury? The most important thing that coaches need to know is that female bodies are different than male bodies and that the knowledge that they may have inherited or sought out over the course of their career may be incomplete. And just to have the humility about that, we don't have any required coaching certification program currently for coaches working with female athletes. That should exist and it doesn't yet. So in the meantime, the most important thing that they could do is stop presuming that we're exactly the same and to start doing some research to understand those differences and how to best support them. 
Now, your book talks about a body image that's slender and perhaps sleek. Is that an appropriate image for girls to strive for? And if not, why not? There's the body ideal that exists in greater culture that women and girls are pressured with all the time. And then within sports, especially high performance sports, there's an even stricter body ideal that is more based on a male idea of leanness that definitely does not align with what the female body is going through ages 14 to 22. We are experiencing puberty in a way that optimizes fertility, whether we're interested in babies or not. And we are going to experience a softness. We're going to experience more curves. We're going to experience things that are a lot different from our male peers. We shouldn't be comparing ourselves to them and our coaches shouldn't be comparing ourselves to them. So we need to just create a safe space for those developmental changes. What a lot of people don't realize is that it's typical for female athletes to improve for a few years and then to go through a period of a plateau or stagnation for a little while, a year or two, potentially while they're adjusting to these body changes. And then if they can get through that little plateau, healthy and still enjoying sport, then they can expect another rise where their peak and prime begins in their mid to late 20s and beyond. That's different from a male experience, but so few girls are made aware of that, that when they get to that point where there's a plateau, they feel discouraged. They're made to believe that puberty is a death sentence, that it's an injury a girl can't come back from. It's met with shame, fear, and negativity when it should be celebrated as its own norm. We're visiting with Lauren Fleshman. Her book, Good for a Girl, a Woman Running in a Man's World, makes the case that sports systems need to change to meet the needs of young women and girls. Lauren, you speak of other female runners developing eating disorders or other physical or the mental health problems you brought up before. What do you feel specifically leads to these? Well, eating disorders have many different causes and they do not discriminate. They show up everywhere in all kinds of people and all kinds of sport. 65% of girls who enter sports programs develop disordered eating habits, and sometimes they're irreparable. This can affect a person's entire lifetime. When you don't have enough nutrition, you're not meeting your needs, your menstrual cycle is disrupted, and when your menstrual cycle is disrupted, you can't lay down the bone density that you'll be drawing on for the rest of your life, your mental health, your immune system, your libido, all of these parts of our holistic health are impacted. But then you have 87% of girls feel uncomfortable talking to their coach about their period, and 80% of coaches are currently men. So we just have an information gap, and we have work to do in that area. But as long as we have this body ideal that we're pressuring girls to achieve, we're going to have a system where they're undernourishing themselves. And that's kind of like the beginning of the intervention is in stopping that kind of comparative behavior and that pressure. And are coaches demanding that females restrict their calorie intake to the point where they're actually risking injury? Yes, that absolutely happens. And well-meaning, passionate coaches who care about their athletes are doing that too. It's this whole misconception that leaner is better and that a 20-year-old girl or a 16-year-old girl should have the physique of a 28-year-old Olympian through training when that's just not how it works. Like Girls need to be allowed to develop and go through their changes on a timeline that is appropriate to their body, and they're not. Now, you've compared the uniforms of male and female runners. The female versions apparently are more, shall we say, skimpy. Now, how is this and why? Uh, The uniform rules that codify more skin showing and more tight-fitting uniforms exist across nearly all sports, frankly. And this happened as a response to fears post-Title IX of 
girls using their bodies in ways typically associated with masculinity. And so these uniform guidelines were a way to ensure, like almost like assure people that we weren't masculinizing our girls by having them participate in sports, that they were still objects essentially to be appreciated, that our bodies are still for the viewing pleasure of a male audience. And those rules still exist, which I find to be offensive. (laughs) And having been in a sport where professionalism was defined by wearing a little bathing suit bottom and a crop top, it adds an additional element that you have to work through in your mind every time you step to the line, which is how do I look in this outfit? How will I be perceived? And you need to be unselfconscious and just strong in the body that you have. You shouldn't be thinking about those kinds of things in order to compete freely and at your best. And the uniforms aren't helping with that. And finally, if you could change maybe two or three things either coaches or the system are doing, what would they be? I think that coaches just need to understand the female performance wave and what is normal for the time of life for the athletes they're coaching. And they need to frame menstruation, puberty, and body changes through a positive lens. If they could do that, if they could provide a supportive environment where excellence and improvement is measured by more than just your times that season or some limited idea that you need to be improving every year, if they could do that, so many more girls would have a positive experience in sport. And they need to learn how to say period without using euphemisms and with a straight face. They need to be able to do that comfortably to create a safe environment. Lauren Fleshman, champion runner and author, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. Next, how to find peace and calmness in anxious times. That story, coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. Mm-hmm. 